You are now listening to The Real Enneagram, a podcast by the Institute for Conscious Being. To learn more about the Institute and its offerings, visit theicb.info. That's T-H-E-I-C-B dot I-N-F-O. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Joe Howell and Nanette Moodyum. Well, welcome back to The Real Enneagram. I'm Nanette Moodyum, and I'm here with Dr. Joseph Howell. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Excited about this podcast. (laughs) I started to say I am, too. I know. Well, Because Barbara's here. Yeah, it's genuine. We promised our listening audience that we would do a special episode with Barbara Sloan, and she's here today. Barbara, no pressure, but <laughs> no pressure. No I'm pressure. here. Hello. I'm glad to be here. Good. Well, Barbara is a senior faculty with the Institute for Conscious Being, and she's had a storied career in theater. And we thought there would be no better expert to talk to us about this chapter than she. She's written a book called Theater Is My Life. It's daily devotional, isn't it, Barbara? So it is. Can, you can read a whole year about yes. how theater is your life. Yes. So tell me, Barbara. And tell the audience about your career a little bit and about maybe why you wrote this book. And then we'll talk about the neotypes and theater. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I taught theater at Samford for 25 years, Samford University here in Birmingham. And I then I went to the American Village down in Montevallo and helped develop a historical reenactment program with them. And I served as a executive director of the seasoned performers and senior adult theater company. So, so this has really been a lifelong passion. Yes, for it you. has. Yeah. Yes. And, and that, that propelled you to write this book, I assume. Yes, it did. I had all these theater quotes, play quotes rolling around in my head, and they come out at funny times in my life, and I thought I'd just write about it in the form of a daily meditation. Uh-huh. That's beautiful. I love how you brought those two together. So, well, this chapter, I love this chapter because I think... When you look at the Enneagram and you think about it in art or in life or in cinema, I mean, you can Google these things too, and it will come up, you know, people's ideas about what we think Enneagram types they are, which we're actually really not supposed to type people. I know, Dr. Joe, so don't, don't, we we, we can't decide what someone's motivation is, but but you can prognosticate. You can prognosticate. Okay. But looking at that, I think that it would be obviously interesting and intriguing for us to maybe discuss some enneotypes in art and in cinema. I don't know who you've brought with you today, but Barbara has come prepared today. So maybe let's just start with Enneagram Type 1, Barbara, and who you think of when you think of Enneotype 1s. Well, you know, I love the book, the chapter on film, and I love all the examples, but I did try to think of some new ones. And when I think of an integrated Enneatype 1, it would be Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. You know, he has his principles. He has, he's that plumb line. He's that point north, you know. He's just such a a wonderful character. Mm -hmm. Very solid, very um, knowing the right thing to do, mm-hmm. even though the whole town is against what he thinks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a beautiful example of a, a really integrated one. And it's interesting that you you started with an integrated one, and I'm I'm glad that we can see from that perspective. But it is funny that sometimes it's easier to spot somebody 
when they're in an unconscious state or in a disintegrated sure. state. Sure. And so do you have any d- disintegrated types that you would think of as a type one? Well, I'm not thinking she's always disintegrated, but Hermione in the Harry Potter series is, okay. is very much a one. Uh-huh. Always okay. raising her hand. She knows the answer. She's the one that everybody else looks to for the the correct answer because she always knows Mm-hmm. The right thing. Uh-huh. She's a little obnoxious, and that's what happens with some ones when, when they know it all. Yes. It's a lot of pressure to know it all. And, <laughs> yes, it is. And, uh, as someone who has a lot of ones in her life, I definitely feel for the pressure that they are under all the time to have all the answers. Yes. So, Joe, did you want to add anything to that? I just wanted to make a remark about Barbara's book. Okay. Because it's not just daily devotionals about theater. She ties her own personal life into what the theater has taught her about the spiritual life. Mm -hmm. These are meditations and devotionals that Barbara takes theater and writers who have explored all of these truths, and each day of the year, you get to participate in some of the truths of these authors Mm -hmm. in relationship to how Barbara has sometimes made a show of Mm -hmm. that author's play, Mm -hmm. sometimes her own introspection about what that play has said to Mm -hmm. the world. Sometimes they're humorous. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're tragic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're comedy. Mm-hmm. But they are a compendium of wonderful stories and reflections regarding these truths. And I just can't wait to hear what else you're going to say about the other characters you've picked to represent some of these uh, ego types. Well, and I was also thinking while you were saying that, I think that some of this speaks to the depth and the wisdom that is in the staff and faculty of the Institute. So certainly, if you find this conversation intriguing, and also the guests that we have, that we'd certainly invite you to participate. So let us continue then. Let's look at Enneagram Type 2, Barbara. Tell tell us about that. Let's do, but before we go to that, (laughs) I I, I do want to say, it's so interesting that, to me, the Enneagram and the arts do some of the same thing. They're both ways we can plumb the depths of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so they go along together so well. It makes you a more conscious person to study the Enneagram or to study any of the great arts in any depth. And if you're working in the theater, you have to because you have to really research a script and you have to get into the characters and know all of those characters and what they would wear and what they would how they would walk and it's great i mean the the overlapping to me of the arts and mm-hmm. the enneagram thank you thank you for sure so i decided when i was thinking about different kinds of characters to think about i thought well I, why not pick a disney character so i decided snow white is very too like to me when she goes into the woods, she doesn't go in the woods to contemplate her escape from the wicked stepmother. She she goes and finds these seven dwarfs, and then she goes to work for them. She cleans their house. She cooks their meals. She does everything she can to help them, you know. Yes. 
I would say she's probably an average, too, when she does that. Okay. Um, Not very integrated or not very disintegrated, but just a fun thing to think about. Uh Uh-huh. That's a great example. Whistle while you work. Yeah. (laughs) Whistle while you work. Well, tell us about any other twos that you have there. You know, there there are many twos in literature, I think you can. And I didn't specifically pick others for today, but I mean, any any of your characters that are helper people who have loving hearts, who form deep relationships. Those are our twos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, well, tell us about three. We'll keep going. Whoa, three. Okay, so I picked a really disintegrated Shakespeare character for three. And I know not all of our listeners may be Shakespeare aficionados, but surely everyone has heard of Lady Macbeth. And she is a very disintegrated three. She pushes her husband because she wants to be in power. She wants him to be in power, but that will make her in power. She is ruthless. She destroys other people to get her way. She's very image conscious. If you could see some of the productions we have watched, she'll be covered in blood. Her hands are just totally covered in blood. And it's it's an amazing image to see. I mean, she stops at nothing to win and get her way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is, to me, what's interesting about looking at the Enneagram types in art is because we start to see ourselves. We recognize ourselves and maybe, maybe not covered in blood, let's hope not. (laughs) Um, But the depths to which we can descend, right? When we disintegrate, they they become warning signs to us or wake up calls or... We have clarity sometimes when we see maybe not only the devastation that some character might endure, but also their triumph, their successes, and realize their own transformation on screen or in story. And what a powerful movement that can be for us. Very much. So, okay, well, tell us about type fours. And and just not to out Barbara, but it might not be hard to guess that Barbara herself is an Enneagram type four. Yes, I am, and I hope I'm not as disintegrated as the character we're going to look at. Okay. I mean, you cannot get a better example of a disintegrated four than Blanche Dubois from Tennessee Williams' A Streetcar Named Desire. Okay. And, you know, again, maybe not all of our listeners are playgoers, but you can find film versions of A Streetcar Named Desire. And she is just one of those characters who is, she's an emotional cripple. She feels everything with her heart, of course. I mean, she's vain and self-centered. So she has a three wing somewhat because she is hoping for the best for herself, but she just can't make it. She's totally disintegrated. She drinks. She tries to hide that. She's just a totally disintegrated four. And that's the part where you can have such an awareness when you see a character oh, yeah. and see the warning signs if you yourself are a type four to yeah. the depths that you could go. And I think that's why story is so impactful. Well, I would hope, too, that anyone, even if they're not a four, can see mm-hmm. that she is totally disintegrated uh-huh. yeah. and gets worse and worse uh-huh. till the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's move on to type five. Type five, I picked a really good one because this character starts out disintegrated, but becomes very integrated by the end. And that is Ebenezer Scrooge from A Christmas Carol. And I know everybody knows that story. And if you don't, just turn your television on at Christmas time. 
you know, he's a very private person. He hoards. He doesn't want to know anybody. He doesn't have friends. But then when the different spirits come and show him, it's really like a 3D going back to your backyard and discovering your soul child. But it's 3D. It's not just you sitting there scribbling it out on a piece of paper. He goes back to his childhood. The spirit takes him back there. And through that and the Christmas present and then seeing what the future is going to be like, because if he keeps acting the way he does and just diminishing other people and not having relationships, he sees that little tiny Tim is going to die. He becomes a very integrated eight and begins to help tiny Tim at the end, becomes his second father, grandfather, really. But It's interesting that you picked this story to me because I think about maybe what are some timeless and very compelling stories that we all resonate actually show this transformation that you see how people can evolve and grow and develop. And if that's not what we're ultimately very often rooting for when we watch characters in story. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, well, moving on, tell us about type six. Type six, my favorite is Bilbo Baggins from The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. He loves his home. He's the typical hobbit who wants to stay home, but he likes to have people around him. When the dwarves come, he really is worried. He gets anxious about going off on an adventure, but he looks to his authority figure, Gandalf, and says, okay, I'll do this because my authority figure tells me to. And in the end, he becomes more and more integrated as he ages, as we all do. Mm Mm-hmm. Great example. I like that. Okay, so tell us about Type 7. Type 7 is a more modern example. It is from Ted Lasso, and it is Ted Lasso from the Apple TV series. Mm -hmm. Ted is a, he's going through a divorce. He's going through a lot of pain. He doesn't want to face it. He's always joking. He likes to party with his friends and and some of the players on the soccer team, but he he's very integrated by the end of the show as well. He becomes very integrated as he goes along. He starts facing that pain. He goes even through therapy with a sports trainer and consultant. Ted Lasso is definitely one of those most compelling series that I think people really oh, yeah. have gravitated to the positivity of that story. And really all the characters and their development. We can oh, probably absolutely. do a whole Enneagram. Oh, oh you can. Uh, yeah. I mean, Rebecca has to be a one. Yeah. Um, Keely has to be a three. You know, it's, you can just go on and on. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all there. That could be our next special with you, Barbara. <laughs> um, Ted Lasso and the Enneagram types. Okay, yes. type eight. This will have to be a good one. Oh, well, it's Voldemort. I mean, how can you get more eight than Voldemort? Uh-huh. Or he who cannot be named in, in the Harry Potter series. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. He's powerful. He seeks power to the point that he becomes evil and is totally possessed by just wanting to be in control of everybody. He's a very commanding figure and everybody's scared of him, mm-hmm. just like we are of a lot of apes. Mm-hmm. It's a sad story, obviously, of what can happen when we don't progress, when we don't do the work. And yes. A reminder of what can happen. Yeah. So can you think of any positive aids for those aids who might be out there? Let's go back to Ted Lasso. It would be Roy Kent, who Mm -hmm. definitely becomes more and more integrated. I mean, when he first 
starts out in this series, he is unhealthy as you could possibly be and just really progresses amazingly through the series. Yes. And so by the end is serving the team really yeah. in that type absolutely. Of essence, absolutely yeah. in a beautiful way. So, okay. And rounding out the Enneotypes, okay. I finally get denied. Yeah. And it had to be the most fun one, I think, that I could think of. And that's Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh is just the ultimate nine. He loves everybody. He wants the woods to be the most perfect little place. And he's always up and helping other people. And he likes to eat honey. (laughs) And there's this great quote that I brought because it's just great. When you wake up in the morning, Pooh said Piglet at last, what's the first thing you say to yourself? What's for breakfast, said Pooh. What do you say, Piglet? I say, I wonder what exciting thing is going to happen today, said Piglet. Pooh nodded thoughtfully. It's the same thing, he said. (laughs) (laughs) As an egotype nine, I'm going to have to agree. (laughs) Yeah. Joe, tell me how you thought listening to these today. Well, they're very well thought out. I appreciate them. Barbara, you must have a lot more pairings of ego types with actual characters from from books and magazines and articles and plays swinging back to your book they mention a lot of them how can people get a copy of theater is my life it is available on amazon so that's the best way just google amazon and then Put in Theater Is My Life by Barbara Sloan. So I think that, again, as I sat and listened to you, I could, especially when you were talking about Blanche Dubois. By the way, who played her in that movie? It was Vivian Lee. My next question is, you know, Vivian Lee, we do not know her as a human being. No. But we do know her through being Scarlett O'Hara and then, of course, Blanche Dubois and several other things she did. How hard do you think it is for an actress, actor, to take their own ego and place it to the side and replace it with a completely different ego structure? Well, it is... I would say it's very hard for people who are caught up in their ego. I would say those actors who relinquish to their soul, it's it's an easy thing. And you can see on screen people who play themselves over and over again. I won't mention who those people are. But those are the people who are still full of their ego. They're not really taking on a character. They typecast themselves. Yes. I got you. And like Meryl Streep, she can really oh, wow. become yes. anyone. Yes. I would have to agree with you. She comes from soul. And Tom Hanks is the yes, same way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Those are the great actors, aren't they? Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, what a great discussion today. So thank yes. you so much for being here today, you Barbara. We really enjoyed it. It was and fun. Thanks, thanks for being here. Thanks, Barbara. Thank you for listening to The Real Enneagram, a podcast by the Institute for Conscious Being. 
To learn more about the Institute and its offerings, visit theicb.info. That's T-H-E-I-C-B dot I-N-F-O. The music for today's podcast was composed and performed by ICB faculty member Drexel Rayford. Thanks for listening today. We hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this with your friends and family.